Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Roswell in the 21st century is a detailed re-examination of the Roswell UFO crash case. I have studied the evidence for more than 30 years, and I now put that evidence under a microscope in a cold case examination of the facts. These facts might not please everyone. They are based on my comprehensive investigation that took years to complete, but they do lead to the conclusion that whatever fell was not built on Earth. The best of Project Blue Book is based on the 22-year-long investigation conducted by the Air Force. But the book goes far beyond that, bringing in evidence that was uncovered long after Project Blue Book was ordered terminated. Using facts that were unavailable to the Air Force investigators, I was able to prove that the Air Force manipulated the data and drew unrealistic conclusions about the UFO sightings reported to them. My different perspective shows there was more to Project Blue Book than even the Air Force knew. Both books are available at Amazon.com. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person, visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404 474 0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404 474 0086. Welcome back to the Imagine More Success radio show. It's the hot new all about you show with successful entrepreneurs and business experts who are sharing their stories or powerful takeaways while providing you with the tips, tools, tactics, and a free weekly gift to help you thrive. Your hosts for the Imagine More Success radio show are the best-selling authors, Cindy Hendricks, a certified business consultant, and Thomas Hydes, a certified world-class public speaking coach. Be sure to check out the Imagine More Success radio show at imaginemoresuccess.net because now is the time for you to realize your dreams and to imagine more success. I tell you what, we are so happy to be back. It's been, I don't know, a very long time since we've been in studio doing the show. 
I think a lot of people have had the same experience where it's been a while since they've done anything that was kind of normal for them, or at least most of the things that they love. Everyone seems to have spent a lot of time at home, or at least a lot a lot of people have. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just exiting this kind of period in life where so many of us are trying to return to normal or get back to to what we know and love. And today's radio show is going to be talking about a really cool guy who wrote a really awesome book who actually is telling his story of coming out of his own really dark period and how quickly life can shift from one thing to the next and how the return back to normal is almost never the same. You're never going back to the same old normal. Sometimes you're creating something new and different. So Cindy and I both really thought it'd be a, a great time to uh, to hear from him today. He's got on a new book and we're going to be talking about him very soon. Cindy, give me a couple sentences about how you've been feeling since we last did our show. Well, I have to admit, Thomas, that I was chuckling when you said that the world is getting back to normal. And you know what? My world has never really been normal. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, I can understand that. So too. this wasn't so hard for me. And, uh, you know, with my life being so crazy, I've worked all over the country and now internationally and, uh, you know, had a really busy life in my career and my personal life. So, you know, this few months has not been that tough for me. But um, like I said, I'm ready to get back to my unnormal. <laughs> mm. Understandable. Well, as we're having the opportunity to kind of make our way through, like I said, a very interesting and different period for most of us, we're going to be talking today with our guest, whose name is Scott Spies. He has a master's degree in information systems, along with a bachelor's degree in social science and a minor in philosophy. He actually has a, a quite amazing topic today. He's going to be talking about his two-year journey as he's earned the certification of Reiki master teacher, as well as becoming a certified massage therapist. He was a member of the United States national cycling team and represented his country in the junior world championships in France in 84, along with several other national tours. He's worked diligently with his clients to increase their ability to succeed at anything they put their minds to. And he's overcome many life and health issues to continue pushing forward in his own life with a positive attitude that really helps to inspire others. We're going to go ahead and welcome him to the show. Scott, thank you for joining us today. Scott Spies. Yes, thank you for having me. And that was a incredibly great introduction. You you nailed that. Hey, you know what? You're an incredible guy, so it's really easy. We appreciate that. <laughs> hey, so Scott. I, Hi there. I got to tell you something, Scott. The name of your book really captured my attention from the very beginning, and it took two years, which is really funny because it's kind of it's kind of a concept of people think of someone as having overnight success or becoming proficient at something in five seconds. And often what may seem like a five minute journey might take two years. That's correct. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, no, no, things don't, things progress. Um, instant gratification was definitely not something uh, that was part of this book in my two year journey. Let's tell you what, when I saw the name of the book, I remember one other thought came to me as well. I said, I hope to God that this whole quarantine, coronavirus, COVID-19 thing doesn't end up saying, and it took two years. I really yeah. hope that that's a lot shorter. <laughs> yeah. No, no, the, the, the corona thing, uh, we, we here in Northern California, were not hit very hard with, with uh, the virus. Um, you know, my day job is a senior network engineer at a hospital. Uh, we had a total of seven patients. And in between those seven, we had like six right at the beginning, and then we went forty plus days, and then now we have one. Oh wow! Uh, so we're not we're not being hit hard here. So glad to hear that. That's really really good news. We love to hear that. Yeah, I want to I, I want to get back to my massage and Reiki work. Uh, we're <laughs> still in really shelter cool. in place and work at home. Oh wow. Well, and I'm sure they're lined up for you, Scott, because people have had a tough time with this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've gotten a few phone calls. I'm sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Scott, a big part of your story is that it has a really, I'd say, a pretty vast story arc. So rather than us kind of talking about what you're doing right this moment, I'd like for you to kind of preface with just a few sentences, kind of describe to us who you were in your youth. Oh, very competitive. Extremely competitive. Everything was about competition and measuring myself against other people. That's kind of how I saw the world. Mm -hmm. And for 47 years, 
it worked out really, really well for me. Um, the 48th year, not so much. When you talk about competition, have you seen the, the new Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance? Uh, I have not seen that yet. Well, in it, I mean, without kind of giving anything away for anyone who hasn't seen it, I think you definitely see a competitive side of Michael Jordan, which all at times, I think to some audience members at least, seems almost maniacal. And I think it's kind of like pulling back the curtain and seeing what uh, intensely competitive spirit really looks like. Um, did you find yourself that when you're intensely competitive in that point in your life, what were your relations li relationships like back then compared to what they are now? Oh, much deeper now. Um, they were based on pretty much activities uh, in the early days. So, you know, I had uh, clumps of friends. So I had my skydiving friends. I had my rock climbing friends. I had my whitewater kayaking friends. I had my motorcycle racing friends. And within that, um, there was a spirit of competition mm. that you basically set your own personal value by the pecking order of who's doing what um, at that time period. Uh, it's, it's kind of awkward seeing it from the uh, outside in, but when you're involved, you know, your, your whole drive is to be successful. And uh, you see this in a, in a normal work day where you see the people that want to do that climb up the corporate ladder. Um, they're pretty, um, they go for the juggler. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So, yeah. so to think about what parents might want to do to help their, their very competitive child as he's, you know, growing up and getting through his education, what words of wisdom would you have for those parents to help a kid that is so focused competitively to help him with maybe some other things that you might have felt would have helped you as you've struggled moving well, on through your life? Yeah, um, my advice to parents is one, listen to your kids. Um, you, know, you, you know, a lot of times kids are competitive because their parents want them to be. Uh, I, I, you know, I was living at the uh, Olympic Training Center in 1984 and I was shocked to find out that a couple of my teammates didn't really like bike racing. You know, they were yeah. because their, their parents thought they were good. Um, so listen to your kids, support what they want to do, and really expose them to different things that maybe, you know, isn't uh, competitive. You know, go, go on a trip that's history-based. You know, my wife and I love history. That's why when we were on our honeymoon, we went to Greece, Egypt, Israel, and Turkey wow. on a cruise because we just really ate up the history. You know, I think right now we could certainly say we're living in historical times. And for a lot of people, the living at the working at home, the staying at home, the quarantine has given them an opportunity to get a different perspective on what came before it, whether it's personal life, working life, relationships in their life. In your particular story that you tell in your book, and it took two years, you actually had a significant event that gave you pause to look back on your life. Tell us about that event. Well, I had two, two, I was uh, diagnosed with lung cancer and aortic aneurysm. Um, but the bigger one was the death of my close friend, Mark Miller. So in your book, you actually talk about receiving the diagnosis on that, literally the day, the day before Christmas, which happens to be your wife's birthday. Yes. Yeah. Which, that, was, that was not a stellar night. Not, not a great Christmas present for anybody in that household. And, uh, you know, I, I certainly have had a couple of experiences that I can relate to that that are like that. Take us back just quickly. What was that moment like when you heard uh, the news? Well, um, you know, your 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 stomach drops. You know, you're you really you know break out in a uh, cold sweat. And I can tell you that a episode earlier in my life helped me prepare for that news. Um, I, I make no bones of it in the book. I am a suicidal failure, meaning I tried to commit suicide and I failed. And I got some perspective when I was diagnosed with the aneurysm and cancer. I was looking forward. I wasn't looking back. And uh, it, it pushed me, you know, especially with Mark's death, it pushed me over 
the uh, resistance to change. You know, I, I knew that I wanted to do a lot of change. I didn't know how to change. But at that point in time, it was just things have to change. And that's when I let the universe steer for two years, which and, is why I called it and it took two years. So Scott. And things have and things do have to change. That's been an experience a lot of us have had. In the next segment, when we come back, we're actually going to continue the conversation about how important change is in your life. And we're going to have a chance to look behind the curtain again at someone who was forced to make some really significant changes in his life and his wonderful book, And It Took Two Years. We're going to be back with Scott Spies in just a few minutes. Are you looking for psychic services that empower as well as provide accurate information? Jenny is a third generation psychic with extensive esoteric training. A practicing professional intuitive for over 30 years, her accuracy is astounding. While most psychics can read what will happen to you if you don't change directions, Jenny understands the future is subjective. While there is a river of time we all traverse, that river has many waves, eddies, currents, and tributaries from which to choose. With Gen E as your guide, you can explore the many possible outcomes in the river of time and navigate your course to the one of your liking. Take control of your future. Book your life-changing session with Jenny today at www.gen-e.net. That's www.gen-e.net. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. Is formulated from zoolite whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past life lives that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Welcome back to the Imagine More Success radio show with Cindy and Thomas. We're so glad that you're continuing to listen in today. In the beginning segment of our show today, we've really been covering a topic which is very timely. We've been talking about when events affect your life that force you to change. Sometimes change isn't easy, and sometimes change isn't necessarily what you're ready for, and sometimes you don't know how to change. And that's been the experience of... Our person that we're interviewing today, Scott Spies, who wrote a book, and it took two years. Scott, in a previous segment we just ended, you were talking about getting a basically a double diagnosis 
the day before Christmas Eve, the day before Christmas, Christmas Eve, and it was completely devastating to your life. And, you know, I think a lot of people on a smaller level than that have had a similar experience this year when they found that life that was normal for them obviously was no longer normal. And, you know, I, I saw personally and even myself a resistance to change on some level in the very beginning. Did you find that resistance at first, once you first got your diagnosis? Um, yeah, I got very, very frustrated. Um, it, it was, everything was based competition-wise with me. And then all of a sudden I'm being told I can't compete. And then being told that here, here are some prescriptions that will take 30% of the pumping ability of your heart away. Uh, I mentioned this in the book. Uh, I did a 5K fun run. 5K is not my my distance. I'm much longer distance run. But I did it in 1810 at age 47, which is 551 per mile. Okay. You know, and then yeah. all of a sudden I'm on these drugs and I can't run an eight minute mile. Oh yeah, it's so, a huge difference. So the frame, you know, uh, you know, pushing this forward. Once I got through with the frustration, um, I just decided, you know what, the way to change is to not think about change. Let it happen, and you know that there is going to be things in your life that you're going to try that influences what that change is going to be. And you know, to help my friend Mark during his his, his final days with cancer, I became a Reiki master which is an energy modality uh, in massage. Um, you know, I also became a certified massage therapist with the focus of helping others be successful because others put a ton of time and money into me, helping mm. me or give me the opportunity to be successful out there. And I think I, think I did an okay job with that. But now my, my job is to support others. Let's talk for a moment about your friend, Mark. So you and Mark had been friends for about how long before he got his diagnosis? Uh, six or seven years. Wow. So quite some time. Yeah. Did, when you, when you heard, that Mark, uh, heard about Mark's diagnosis and you made a change to Reiki Master, did you feel like you were watching yourself as you watched uh, Mark's journey? Uh, fortunately not. Everything happened really, really quickly with Mark. Um, you know, he was diagnosed and pretty much three months later, he was no longer with us. Uh, he had stage four liver cancer and, uh, this was the second time he had cancer. Uh, but he hid it from us for a long while, mm. which is kind of disappointing, but it is his choice. You know, he, he, he finally shared it with us, but, uh, it took a little while. So I have a question for you, Scott. Yes. And I'm just curious. Did your wife go with you when you got your diagnosis on uh, December 24th? Uh, no. No. And, and that, and uh, yes. Go ahead. Oh, and uh, actually got the diagnosis over the phone. <laughs> you have got um, to be kidding me. No, no. Yeah. And, and I could not fire that doctor fast enough. Well, what would motivate him to have a phone call on the eve of a major holiday and give you that kind of news? Um, he works for my hospital, so I can't really express my true feelings <laughs> of him, but, uh, he does have an ego. Well, I think he needs to get something else going on because that is definitely not the way to inform someone of something so devastating. Yeah. Yeah. And he did follow it up that if I felt a searing pain in my back, I was to lay down and call 911 because my aneurysm was bursting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, well, this is an epic failure uh, from a diagnosis standpoint. Well, and that's a, a great thing to let people know at this point that you always want to get a second opinion no matter what. Yes, yes. You know, there, there is a part as well that a message that I feel is almost universal right now if we're taking a look at many world events. It is a universal message always, but I think this idea of empathy and really understanding where someone else is coming from what maybe what they're experiencing in the moment is something that is missing throughout humanity in many places now it is in many places but 
I think if we're to move into a better place, to more understanding, a happier world altogether, a little bit of empathy could go a long way, really taking into account what other people's feelings and situations are and seeing them as if they are similar while still recognizing that their experiences may be vastly different. And I think that that's something, obviously, in that story you tell, <laughs> it's kind of missing. There was definitely some empathy that was not there. The yeah. idea of timing not, not being a, a good part of it. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Sorry. I honestly had to learn that, too, during my journey. Um, you know, uh, I, was, it, I was a definitely me-first kind of person. And, you know, during that journey, uh, especially... Strangely enough, massage school taught me so much about working with people, and 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 what where they're coming from, and have a discussion from their perspective on their playing field um, was something that that I really needed to learn and be be more of an active listener, um, care, be engage with them uh, when they're talking, uh, because you will see them if you do this. You will see them smile. You're making their life better that day. So, Scott, what I find interesting about you is that your education has really kind of followed your life path, if you think about it. Yeah. You started out with the information technology and then right into social science and then philosophy. And that's weirdly kind of the path that you have been on. Yeah, and uh, believe it or not, it stems from uh, my inability to read at a very early age. Uh, I was, uh, well, they don't really diagnose you back back then. They just called you an ADD kid and uh, wanted to pump you full of drugs. But uh, I literally am dyslexic and ADD and, um, you know, I couldn't read. So I would actually travel a great distance uh, to a reading school. And uh, once I started reading, uh, I didn't stop. I was actually, in my early age, I was afraid that I would lose the ability to read. And I know it's an irrational fear, but, you know, you're a third grader. You know, and, and in this point of your story, like I said, that, that big kind of arc of your story, you're at a place of, of triumph, I would say. And it seems that, in your story, both Reiki and massage had a tremendous influence on you. Earlier, you spoke a little bit about massage and how it helped to create some empathy between you and others. Yes. In doing the Reiki work, explain to us just a little bit about what the work is and how it changed your life. Well, the, the work is you're basically balancing the energy in the body. Uh, all bodies are energetic. Now, some people get different feelings. Sometimes it's a prickly sensation. Sometimes it's a heat sensation or pressure, or they, they, they feel absolutely nothing. Um, I got into Reiki because Mark was, had really, really difficult headaches. And Reiki is great on calming the person down, you know, relieving tension, which flows the lack of headache. So, you know, I was busy just helping him get rid of his headache and try and keep him as comfortable as possible. And in, in your working with Reiki, how did you find, how did your, your, I guess, vision of what a human being was like, because you were in a very, I think like physical place, especially when it came to being a competitive cyclist, how did that shift to a more energetic based understanding of the human body based upon your Reiki experience? That actually uh, is a good question, and it really came down to one of my massage uh, instructors. Uh, you know, uh, told me to read a book. It's called Spark in the Machine, and it's about how energy moves through the body. Uh, and I was experimenting with a bunch of stuff, but all of a sudden, as I'm I'm reading. I'm understanding more and more about how the body works and how just being physical, you're missing the point. Uh, life started to look a lot different. You were starting to look at people differently. Uh, it, uh, um, it was really kind of, I hate to use the word expanding, but it was really an expanding 
situation where as I was being exposed to all this stuff, um, I just gobbled it up. I mean, I just, it was like, I want more, I want more, I want more. And, you know, uh, I'm continuing with this because my current project is I'm teaching myself traditional Chinese medicine. I'm not, I'm not going to be an acupuncturist, but I can use my fingers to manipulate that energy flow and be an acupressurist. Cool. So not licensed to use needles. You don't want me sticking needles in you. <laughs> well, that's true. At this point, right, that's very true. And we want to uh, thank you so much for, for telling us more about the journey of studying massage and Reiki and how it changed your life. When we come back in the next segment, we want to continue the story of Scott Spies. We're talking about his book, And It Took Two Years. And we're going to, as we continue to talk about his journey, we're going to get to the, the triumphant part about how he overcame two gigantic diagnoses early in his life and how it's moved him into a, a place of higher consciousness. So please stick around. How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide audience if you have seen a ufo had a close encounter seen a ghost bigfoot lake monster or a story that you would like to share or have investigated contact me rob mcconnell by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll free 1-800-610-7035 extension 143 and on skype xzone radio tv for more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Hey, thank you so much for sticking around for the Imagine More Success radio show. We're happy you're continuing to join us today. If you didn't happen to hear the first two segments, we've been talking about, say, a dramatic arc within someone's life that I think has been mirrored in the lives of a lot of us the last few months where everything was going kind of normally and then some gigantic event happens and then you're forced to 
as is common in, in, in everyday language today, you were forced to pivot or you're forced to change or take a new direction. And, uh, you know, for some of us, we're right still in the middle of the, of the change, the pivot. And uh, it, it's always interesting to see what happens on the other side. And previously, in the earlier segments, we were talking with Scott Spies, who's our guest today. He's written a book called And It Took Two Years. And he had a crazy diagnosis that he got on Christmas Eve, uh, a health diagnosis that was very negative. And in his path, he learned Reiki, massage therapy, began to employ it as modalities to help others, and had a real triumph over what could have been just an absolutely devastating part of his life. Scott, welcome back to this segment of the show. Thank you. Of course. Um, once you got into Reiki massage therapy, how did your personal health shift and how long did it take? Obviously, the name of the book, but. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it's the, the, the major change happened within a year. The, the, the second year was just refining it. Um, after the diagnosis and then coming to terms with, with uh, what was going on and how my life had to change, there was no, there was no if, there, it just had to do it, uh, I became a lot calmer as a person. You know, I started to think uh, in terms of, you know, uh, loving yourself, because if you don't love yourself, then no one else can love you. Don't be so hard on yourself. No one does their first time at, say, getting up to, you know, hit, hit a ball. Um, no one does that perfect the first time. So expect that there's going to be some stumbles. Um, engage with people on their playing field. Make them feel that they are the most important thing in the room. And just participating and refining, reading, meeting with new people. That was a, a big part of the book is, is, is there's two rules. It was going to take two years because I needed to define a time period and I needed to do things that I've never done before with people that I don't know. So that expanded my ability to relate with people to understand where they're coming from. You know, we were talking about empathy and just honestly caring about them in a, in a real kind of way. Well, you know, Scott, in the bigger scheme of things, two years is a very short time to really find your purpose and really get in your lane. Yeah, uh, you know, at the time, uh, I wasn't planning on writing a book, um, you know, about, about it. Uh, I had uh, my publisher, uh, Michelle, you know, convince me that I needed to uh, get things going on this. And she was a huge help in getting that going. Um, and I'm sure it was very therapeutic for you. Oh, yes. Again, uh, very, very high stress, type A, high blood pressure, go, 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 turns into a Buddhist. I mean, where does that happen? <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe the know, name should book, maybe the title of the book should be "And It Only Took Two Years." <laughs> yeah, and, and again, I'm still expanding. I'm still meeting, learning new things. You know, uh, when I was back before this pandemic started, I had people coming by my cubicle saying, "Hey, I got a headache." You know, hit three acupressure points, all of a sudden headache gone. You know, I'm I'm relating or I'm I'm, I'm being of service to others because they actually need it. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the, the idea of being in service to others. In your transformation, um, as you moved from being more self-centered to being more other-centered, what did that look what did that look like to you on a philosophical level rather than a physical level of helping people? What did it look like to be in service of others? What were you doing? Well, from a philosophical level, I had to make sure that my ego was not involved. Um, I, do, I do have a huge ego, um, but I needed to make sure that I was um, not pushing help on others. I was, I was helping those that were requesting help. So, you know, uh, that comes back to the more engagement, the more people trust you. You know, the first time you meet someone, is that trust level there? You know, I, I'm getting to the point where I can, I can sink into a level of trust with people rather quickly now 
Um, but again, I have to remind myself, it's not about me. It's about that other person. And that, that's the monumental shift there. Wow, that's powerful, isn't it? Oh, very, very. I mean, I, 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 it, it was, that two years was very, very significant. Uh, and uh, it definitely comes out as this is sort of a methodology for change. So this book is great for people that want to change but need an idea of how to do it. Not a, a, you know, follow the list of, you know, 10 things. Um, it's, hey, let's try something new. Let's, 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 let's make some new friends. Let's, let's see where they're coming from. I mean, the one thing that Mark and I used to do, coming back to the philosophy, was he was big into theology. I started out as a, a philosophy major with comparative religions. So, you know, uh, we were able to discuss things at a, at, a, at a very different level that most people don't even think about. Do you think that um, the, the pathway of, of self-examination um, is something that occurred faster because you let go of competition? Oh, very much so. Uh, yeah, uh, change happens really, really quickly when you get out of the way. When you, when you stop thinking about how to do the change and just let change happen. You know, I always use the, the, the sentence, I let the universe steer for two years. And literally, I got out of my own way and decided I wasn't going to make decisions on planning for the future. I was just going to let it happen. And that's how we pivoted on change. Because I'm very, I was very much a plan and execute type person. Very, very engineer-ish. Uh, you know, and I'm not that way anymore. Well, you know, Scott, I think the biggest takeaway I have from your book and your story is that you have learned fluidity within your life and in your choices and in your future that you didn't really understand until you had this breakthrough of medical crises. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, because I was very much in my own way. Uh, and, you know, again, I come back, come back with the be kind to yourself. You know, um, you know, don't don't do self-doubt. You know, it's like when I'm working with my ultra marathoners, you know, I always ask them at what mile does self-doubt start popping up? And we have a technique where when self-doubt comes up into your head, you acknowledge it and you ask it to go away. And you would be amazed at how many of those recurring dreams that you have or nagging someone, someone did something to me, you know, I didn't like that, you know, or somewhere. When you acknowledge it and tell it to go away in a nice way, you're just kind of forgiving them and out the door, you now don't have a problem. You're not thinking about it. Your heart's not racing. Your blood pressure's not boiling. You're not quitting your job. You're not getting in a fight with your girlfriend or your wife. You know, that's you know, where I wanted to be. Tony Robbins mentions that a lot of the thoughts that we have are not necessarily our own. They're kind of just random thought fragments that are a part of the human experience. So sometimes we'll, sometimes we'll hear something in our mind and then we'll give ourselves a hard time about it. Well, why did I think that? Or why does that affect me like that? And he says, rather than wondering about the why, just kind of let them go and let, and let them move on, which sounds similar to what you're talking about. Yes. I, that brings me to the next question, which is how does how, how do you balance human ego with self-esteem and self-confidence when you're trying to do something that requires a tremendous amount of personal effort to accomplish? Great question. Uh, you know, letting go and seeing what has value and what does not have value. If I'm doing something that, uh, um, you know, hey, if I'm writing a book, uh, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of editing, and a lot of deleting of paragraphs or, or chapters that, that are not relative to the end goal of the book. Um, I've got to make sure that I'm of peace of mind in doing it so it does not affect me. I don't know if I'm being very clear here, but the, the, the end goal does not justify 
getting upset and and you know being you know looking down on people or being mean to people or yell at the guy who just cut you off uh, once you let all that stuff go life becomes pretty pretty easy and you you actually you know do a lot of good things you mean letting go of letting go of things not being perfect maybe that is correct because there is no there is no perfection you know um you know or for me there is no perfection so whatever i do i do with foreknowledge and i don't have to look back because i made a conscious decision to do what it was so if you've, if you've been struggling in your life with a very similar situation we do want you to stick around we're going to come back in the next segment as we continue the Imagine More Success radio show today, we've got Scott, Scott Spies with us. In the next segment, he actually has a really cool free gift for you as well and a chance for you to uh, reach out to him in a very cool way. So please stick around. As we come back into the next segment, we're going to have some really wonderful information and entertainment for you. So please do stick around. to me over and over again simultv.com simultv.com what's simultv.com that's what i asked them they had it written on the side of their ufo how do you spell that ufo no i mean simultv.com 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 right simultv.com interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com ufo last night oh yeah yeah now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past life lives that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality is formulated from zoolite whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. Welcome back to the Imagine More Success radio show with Cindy and Thomas. We're very grateful that you're continuing to join us today. We've been talking with Scott Spies, who is the author of a really cool book called And It Took Two Years. We've been talking about his journey from being a competitive cyclist through learning Reiki and massage to coming out on the other side as someone who is much more in, in tune 
and in touch with calmness and engaging others and learning how to work with others rather than just compete with them. You know, a lot of what we've been talking about today is, I would say, kind of counterculture in some parts of our society. When we take a look at a lot of the forms of entertainment that we're exposed to or that are out there, a lot of entertainment in general, even sports, is based around competition. Obviously, not all of it. Some of it is based on cooperation between teams as well, but a lot of it's competitive. And how do you balance that, Scott, with enjoying something like sports as well, you know, and having that kind of competitive spirit as well as balancing it with the idea of, of working together with others? Well, the way I'm doing it now um, is I understand that I'm competing against myself and no one else. That kind of was an earth-shattering portion of my two years because uh, I was always viewing myself as per what I could do capability-wise versus someone else. Now that you know I'm on uh, you know heart medicine and and so forth, you know I have to reevaluate that. So I'm enjoying walking with my wife. You know we do a five-mile walk every day uh, instead of running that five miles. Uh, I really enjoy going for hikes and not worrying about how long it takes. Uh, so from a competitive lens, you know, I shifted to where I'm enjoying it instead of forcing myself to do it faster, harder, you know, win. I wanted to just take a minute and summarize what you said in our last segment, Scott, because it sounded like you were kind of wavering a bit in the analyzation of what, what you had been through and what you've been doing, because I really see it that you've taken a step back and you've analyzed your whole life and you've put value on everything and you've made a determination of what's important. And then you've, you know, taken it on with everything you know and everything you've learned and created a very special and a very wonderful life for yourself that's inclusive of what you've learned based on your circumstance. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, well, very nicely said. Thank you. And and you're spot on. You know, I think it really brings me back to something that you said uh, as your favorite quote. We were kind of doing the pregame on this radio interview today your quote is in a hundred years from now is anyone going to care yes yes <laughs> you know if you if we start applying that question to our life i mean i think that that's a wonderful what we call editing tool you know if you find yourself you know at the crossfit gym doing something crazy where you're about to break a part of you to do a <laughs> to make a make a certain record or something like that a personal best you know maybe there's you know maybe there's an, another another more important task in your life or, or cause in your life you'd like to put that level of energy into in that moment. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know if that really qualifies, but um, it really made me think about my own life a little bit when, when we were talking about that. Well, Thomas, I have to tell you, I think that about next week, not in a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the hundred year mark um, was something that I came up with uh, basically when I was teaching, I was a college instructor for six years. And, you know, when I had someone complaining about a grade or, you know, they messed up or they were embarrassed, you know, about something, um, I would come up with, uh, Hey, in a hundred years from now, would anyone really care? And it kind of diffuses mm -hmm. the situation. Now, my tone inflection would be different for different people because, you know, there's certain perspectives uh, for that people have or sensitivities. Um, so uh, with the people you can be a little harder on, they you can you can zing it to them. The people that, you know, may not be as, as hard, maybe you need to take it a little slower and lay out the, the groundwork with, hey, really, in 100 years. And that'd be perfect for students. Yeah. Because everything's so big to them and important. Yeah, and expensive. Yes. I think, I think we need to tell Tom Brady that quote. We need to send it to him. Because <laughs> he's still worked up over being 199th in the draft, you know. But I think wow. he's you know, got the six, the six championships that 
<laughs> kind yeah. of override that a little bit. But, yeah, there's a little yeah. depth of ego, huh? <laughs> you can let it go now. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, he definitely needs a perspective change. <laughs> yes. So, Scott, let's have our audience know what great gift you're giving away. I'm giving away 20 of my books. Oh, sweet. Okay. Now, the way that uh, you let me know that you want a book is you go to scottspeech.com. And Let's on that, that website, for, Scott, please. Uh, S-C-O-T-T-S-P-I-E-S-S dot com. Perfect. And on my uh, website, there is a contact information tab. Um, just fill it in and in the comments say, please send me your, your book. Give me your, your name, your address, uh, uh, email address, phone number, um, and uh, I'll get it to you for the first 20. Sweet. That's really cool. Yes, I do really I love that. Scott, you've been working with Michelle Reesley. She's a friend of our show. She's done a ton of work for Cindy, uh, publishing Cindy's, I don't know how many books now. Well, <laughs> we're, we're working on 12. Which has published 12 <laughs> books together, which is incredible. And you've gone through this process with her. I know she's a really great author, coach, as well as publisher. In your experience, how has that changed your life? Because so many people, they start off and it's a really gigantic task to write your first book. What was that like for you? Um, that's a lot of writing and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of leaving a lot of that content on the ground. Mm. Um, my, my scrap pile was uh, bigger than what the book is. Uh, but it was a learning experience. Uh, you know, uh, she was, ins you know, inspirational for me. Uh, she picked me off, up off the ground a couple times uh, because, you know, again, this is, this is my first book. So never been through this process. Um, gave great advice, good coaching. Um, we were friends before. We're still friends. <laughs> good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it's, it's quite an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's strengthened our relationship. Uh, a lot of people don't don't know but uh michelle and i were friends back in the college days oh cool yeah i wrote uh articles for her at a at a uh, trade magazine called california computer news and uh you know she was she used to date my roommate small world yes <laughs> it is amazing how everything is connected yes well so, the good news the great news is is that we're going to have michelle gamble on next week as a guest okay cool 3l publishing yes so scott we've been talking about books they're talking about your book and but you told there's a a book that you really love called atlas shrug by ayn rand take a moment tell us a little bit about why you love the book so much well my license plate holder uh said who is john galt oh i love it so um you know i found the book very very inspirational because uh, it's a personal philosophy of mine uh, which is all decisions start with the individual. And then individuals get together to create a group. Those groups then join a community, and that community enacts, I'll just say state. I won't, I won't keep expanding, but, but basically it's the individual comes up with what the solution is, not some government agency or some bureaucrat that's educated in a certain way. Um, you know, it empowers the critical thinking people of this world. And that book speaks directly to the producers. And in the book, they call them looters. You know, um, I'm more on the producer side. And, you know, I see the perspective of the looters. But my wish is that there wouldn't be looters, that there would be people that respected themselves enough to think for themselves and be empowered by themselves. I love it. It's a favorite book of mine. In fact, it's usually right next to my desk. Um, you know, I read it many years ago, and every once in a while, I'll just flip through it. Um, yeah, the John you know. Galt speech. Yeah, all sixty-six pages of it. <laughs> you know, it was very, very moving, and uh, you know, it. it <laughs> that book itself actually led me down several paths, including having the chance to have a phone conversation with the famous bodybuilder Mike Menser because 
I had first actually learned about that book from him, oddly enough, which was kind of cool. Um, as we're wrapping it up today, I want to give you a chance to just take a moment and tell us how you feel about the future. Oh, I'm very, very optimistic. I know we're coming out of a pandemic and a lot of people have lost their jobs. I mean, at the hospital nationwide, we've laid off a uh, thousand people. Wow. Um, and that has huge impact on them personally. Uh, I have been part of and have seen uh, small groups of people get together and put food on other people's tables once they you know, get notified that someone's having a hard time. Um, I see that coming back. Um, a little factoid that a lot of people don't know is my grandfather during the Great Depression uh, fed three families. Wow. So, you know, we're, we're carrying on that, that, uh, that I'm going to say give, graceful giving, because um, giving with the expectation of receiving is, 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 is wrought with wrong thinking. Scott, but, thank you so very much. We want to end today's show talking about graceful giving. We want to invite you to continue the giving spirit and to take forth into the future a positive attitude. We look forward to seeing you again. It's such a pleasure to be with you again on the Imagine More Success radio show. We want you to realize your dreams and to imagine more success.